0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Um, thanks everyone who's been sharing my episodes and saying really kind things about the show. It means a lot. Um, you know, I can't really put into words how much it means to me, but uh it means a whole lot, guys. And I really appreciate it. And it's incredibly humbling. And I, I feel incredibly grateful for all my listeners that talk to me and share the show and, and, and you guys inspire me to make it better. So I appreciate it. So that being said, to make the show better, what I, what I decided to do is get this guest on. Um, so I, I had my friend Jake DeSilis on today, guys, and Jake is an author. Um, he is the author of the book, becoming an entrepreneur, how to find freedom and fulfillment as a business owner and his newest book, which is what what I had him on to talk about, "Job Free: Four Ways to Quit the Rat Race and Achieve Financial Freedom on Your Terms." So, uh, Jake's influence has been huge um, on my show, and I think just the way I look at things. So, I uh, I listened to Jake's podcast, "Voluntary Life," quite a bit a couple of years back, and. As you've all know, like I've, I phased out of a lot of podcasts mainly just because I don't. Like it just starts to influence you. Like I, I was like, man, I want to interview the same people Jake's doing. And I was like, oh, I need to pull it back. So that's when I started finding people, you know, like Greg Burns and Curtis Stone and um, all those cool people I've been talking to. Um, so I I had a great time talking to Jake today, going over everything. Um, I highly recommend you guys uh, check out Jake's podcast so just go to thevoluntarylife.com. dot com. Um and if you want to listen to his books, uh I talked to Jake and he's totally cool with it. So I shared uh his books for Audible so you guys can listen to them for free if you want to create an Audible account. So they giving away a lot of free books. I hope you guys like it. I hope uh you guys take advantage of them. Um I know a lot of people take advantage of Charles H. Smith's books but and uh, but I mean, they're there. So anyways, um, I, Jake and I cover a lot of different topics over his book. We talk about unjobbing. We talk about aggressive savings. We talk about or extreme savings. We talk about uh, lifestyle businesses and startups. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this. But before we get started, I just want to give quick shout outs to my affiliates. So First, if you guys are interested in getting nursery stock, um, definitely check out Nature's Image Farm. You save ten percent on everything that they have, so and you also get free shipping. It's a great deal. Uh, I, as you all know, I'm, I'm great friends with Greg and the whole Burns family. Um, soon there will be a a nice um, it's going to be a nice endorsement for me on their website. I think it's called a testimonial. I think that's the right word. So there's going to be a nice testimonial from me on the website. Um, I, I, all Greg's products are are, are 100% great. Um, I, I can't say anything bad about anything that comes from that farmstead. Uh, I've eaten their eggs, their chickens. I've had their, their comfrey, Bocking 4 and 14. So definitely check that stuff out. Um, you'll save 10% and get free shipping. Uh, There's still some stuff at newfarmsupply.com. So check out newfarmsupply.com. Use code word SAMPLE and save 20%. And if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, click on the affiliate link in the show notes. I'm a big fan of podcast Blast Off. I use it all the time. That's why you guys are um, viewing the show notes. or That's where this... This podcast is hosted. So if you listen in iTunes, go to com and you can see the website. If you've never gone, please check it out. Um so that's a that's a great example of what you can do with podcast blast off, and it's only getting better. Um and also, just like you guys know, I've been pretty disciplined with my diet or just with the food I've been eating. I've just been eating real food. I've cut out alcohol been doing a lot of yoga, lots of walking. Um, if you are looking to reboot your body to do what I'm doing, I'm in the, I'm about to finish the first 30 days of the 90 day total body reboot. So go click on the link in the show notes, check out rebootedbody.com. They have free consultations, uh, free assessments. So, and you guys can figure out if the rebooted body is for you. Um, and then finally last but not least if you want to become a profitable farmer i highly recommend the profitable urban farming course i'm a member uh you guys have heard plenty of people from the course on the podcast and there's more coming um so with that being said guys enjoy this show um i know i enjoyed recording to it and re-listening to it when i edited it um and uh hope you guys are having wonderful weeks And I'm looking forward to bringing you guys another episode soon. to, to, it's not that I haven't been able to, it's like, I love your show, but it's like, I I started reading, like, I just spend more time listening to books. Like, uh, I've just been Mm. going through books on audible, but I get your emails and I'm like, I should check that episode. Like, I, it's like, I like being on your email list to check out like what you're talking about and maybe what books you're reading. (laughs) But it's like, I don't know if you noticed this, but like when you're a podcaster, it's like, I like listening to other people's podcasts, but sometimes it's like, okay, I'm, I'm focusing on mine. And then if you listen to someone's too much, I like will catch myself trying to – my show will start to go in their direction. I'm like, hold on a second. I need to keep it in my – I need to keep it my own thing but take positive influence if that makes sense. Um, That
1: makes total sense. I I remember reading something about that when you're writing a book. I can't remember remember where I read this, but someone um, wrote that about when you're writing a book, you have to be very careful about what you're reading because your writing style can start to – emulate the books that you're reading and i always i, I kind of i like reading all the time so yeah. when i read that i thought oh that, that doesn't sound good i don't want to start sounding like the books i'm reading but i think it's it's just a process as you're reading you're processing stuff and you're taking it in and inevitably you probably do get a little bit influenced by that so i try and take a little bit of a break from reading similar stuff to the subject that i'm writing about when i'm actually writing
0: <laughs> No, that makes perfect sense and the I mean, I think I think I did adjust my podcast for the good in the sense of like, so I I kind of took it to to the direction because I remember every time we talk, I'd always say, "Man, I love your interviews because you interview like uh, uh, people that are living in RVs or people that are are just perpetual travelers and and just people that are, are kind of we're we're in the realm of freedom to what you identified most with because it's like I think people think we have to get locked into how you see your life as being free. And for me, it was like, okay, so I started just like, I got really into small scale ag. Cause I was like, man, that's a, that's a cool thing. And it's like, man, all the people that are really kicking ass in this seem to have a similar uh, perspective that I do. Like when it comes to like government and everything like that. And then I found like just some cool farmsteaders and just people that are homeschooling their kids, living on the farm and everything like that. And and raising their own animals, raising their own food. So I started having them on that people that don't normally, that a lot of people don't get to hear normally. So it's been a it's mm. been a positive influence, man. And then uh, the biggest man, the biggest influence is voice dream. Like I've I've listened to so many books via voice dream because of your recommendation. And then uh, I sent you that hack that I figured out for Kindle Unlimited, but I think Kindle got wind of it because it's not working anymore. Um, right. <laughs> But you could uh stream. I'm glad
1: to hear about you getting value out of using Voice Dream. I love it. Uh it's just so, it makes life so much easier to be able to listen to books when you're clearing up and doing other stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's how I actually listened to um your most recent book. Uh it because you when you I signed up to listen to it before it came out. Um I, for, mm. I forget the title because the first one's becoming an entrepreneur and the second one's uh it's unjobbing job free. Job free. Job free. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and it's a lot of people like I was just we were just at a uh, a so I'm, I'm I'm tapping into my old hillbilly roots, Jake. And we were in, I was just at like a, a community event where we come together and we help somebody like butcher, butcher a pig and process a pig. And one of the guys there was like, yeah, I, I think I'm about to start on jobbing. And I said. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm going to have my friend Jake on. He just wrote a book about it, so you should definitely check out the episode. <laughs> right? Because uh, he has kids in school. Because it's it's a different um, it's it's a solution that a lot of people don't think about. And and I know for me, when I was listening to it, like I I had taken my job um, mainly when I was at Time Warner because it was like I I had I knew I could make easy money and I knew I could save money, and then I could I could try it in different businesses to try to find a way out. And then luckily, like with the farming mm-hmm. one, it uh, that was the most successful incubated business. And I realized, you know, from trying to farm part-time and do like this, it's like a quick rotation system. I was just so overwhelmed. And I was like, man, I cannot, you cannot, and, and a lot of times you cannot substitute time for money or money for time. And And it was, so then thankfully I was... I was trying to figure out a way to quit and my when I was talking to my landlord he's like dude you're going to get laid off just stick it out and I'm like you're right and then 2 days later I got I got laid off so I was pretty happy about it <laughs> So let me get this straight you you now you're running a farm in
1: Florida is that right No
0: no I'm just visiting in Florida uh, I'm in Ohio I'm just visiting Yeah yeah my dad's down here and I was just like well there's so th- through in the states now because of the baby boomers all these small airports have airlines that give you like direct flights like allegiant i don't know if you're you're familiar with it um yeah, so i, I heard of that, yeah, so like I can get like a sometimes I can get like a thirty nine dollar direct flight to Florida and then I have to pay sixteen bucks for my overhead carry on and they charge you for everything, but it's still dirt cheap um so i just I just jumped on one of those planes and came down here, but uh yeah, so so what happened was, as I I found this guy's system, uh, Curtis Stone. And I, I was I thought urban farm, I thought grow food, not lawns, was cool. And then I was like, well, I mean, this should be a business, like reality. If I'm going to put so much time into it, and I and I and I just changed my diet into more like paleo, and and I was trying to find better food sources. So then I was like, well, naturally, I should just grow my own food, and then I should have that pay for itself and sell. Uh, the remainders but then like when I started doing research I was like oh there's there's a huge potential here like not I mean not that I'm going to be a millionaire but you can have a nice soft spot or a nice sweet spot to where you know you're like Curtis does like Curtis has been doing it for six years but like his business did over 100 grand last year on a third of an acre and and so it's it's even if it's just something else and so my idea, though, has kind of changed to be more of an aggregator. So I'm going to sell more for farmers, and I would just focus on the sales. Because I, I figured out quickly that my least par- favorite part of farming was farming. But I like that. I like, <laughs> like, I like being in that, in that space, though. And it's like, so, well, you know, I have 10 years of sales and networking experience. So what makes the most sense? So what makes the most sense for me is to try to be a guy that just connects dots um, and I still have space and then it's actually even cooler, man. Like just when you, what I realized, Jake is when I started to really focus on what my values were, focus on what was important to me and, and actually start taking action. Like a lot of things just opened up for me that I, I, I don't know if I necessarily would have seen or available. So I'm working on an agreement now for a guy, I'm going to trade him labor for a place to live. And my rent is super low. Um, and a lot of it was from, you know, listening to you, then, the, then you recommending like Thomas Stanley's books and getting like my, my rent as low as possible. So like I'm my total rent with utilities is less than a thousand bucks a month. It's like 800 a month on a, on a bad month. And so it's like, you know, I, I, I can afford this now on my own, so I can move this guy in. He's going to give me 20 hours a week and probably more. Cause he's, he really, really is ambitious for the, for the opportunity to, to have access to do something like this, and he's a an accomplished grower. So, I don't know, Like, I'm 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 excited because things things are really unfolding, and it's like the more I, I put my, the more I put my focus to what where it belongs, the more it you know it grows. The tree grows fruit in a sense. Cool. Sounds great. Yeah, man. So, just want to say thank you from the start because I listened to your your podcast. It got me thinking back to the way where I used to think and everything like that. But, uh, I, I do want to talk about on jobbing because I think it's, uh, it's a, it's a very important topic and it's something that not a lot of people talk about and really enjoyed your book. Um, I haven't read the, 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 the published version. I just read the initial version. So I'll have to check that out mm. too. I don't know how many changes were made. Um, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed what I got to read. So, um, but, uh, yeah, you.
1: so you were you were one of the beta readers i, and you, I was you, so
0: you would have got um the
1: the version and basically the, the the central message of the book is the same and all of the kind of main ideas are the same but i did get a lot of very helpful feedback about clarifying what i was trying to say in, in some chapters and general ideas about the structure and so forth so i'm sure that what you read it's essentially
0: the same message, but it just reads a lot better now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'll, I'll definitely have links in the show notes, and I, I got to pick it up as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, so so I know that you have a passion. I mean, you know, I've had you on a couple times, and we talk a lot about, you know, Harry Brown's influence on you and your story. But, you know, I think just from your podcast, listening to that and, and knowing you, it, you know, it seems like for you it's, it's been a big thing, a big deal to help people get free of whatever trap they've designed for themselves in a sense. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. the right way to say it, but it kind of is because I think when you, a lot of times people work in a job and they don't think that they have any other options. They don't think that there, there's a better way for them to live. Um, and, and, and in reality there is so, Yeah, absolutely, and I just wanted—I
1: wanted to say actually, from what you were saying before, you, you know, it was really nice to hear your feedback about the ideas in the show and how you found them helpful. Because that, my idea with the voluntary life has always been to provide something constructive. You know, there's so many things going on that make me angry and that annoy me about the world that I could do an episode every week complaining about stuff that would be really easy actually i could just talk about stuff that i think is really unjust or stupid and and i could definitely make a podcast out of that and in a way that would be quite fun to, to complain yeah. <laughs> but, but actually i don't think that that is the that's not what i want to provide in the podcast and i don't think that's the most helpful thing that i can do and and it's been an interesting discipline for me when I've thought about topics to think, okay, what is the constructive way that I can approach this topic? What can I do that would provide something that other people can use and that can be helpful? And it's been an interesting self-discipline for me because it means I have to think for myself, well, how can I make this useful in a way to myself? And, and I, I find it really positive to get out of that complaining mindset and really focus on stuff that is usable that's actionable so although i'm i'm absolutely interested in finding more freedom i'm interested in things that you can do in your own life that are actionable that you can actually make some headway with and that's been sort of the real guiding idea behind the podcast all along hey jake
0: sorry about that my uh can you still hear me i can yeah okay sorry my uh my device just fell off my table and i pulled my headphones out Um, (laughs) i was (laughs) talking away and meanwhile there was some kind of yeah yeah i was like
1: physical comedy going on at the other end yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i was i I moved something i looked at the time making sure everything's recording then it fell off the table my headphones just ripped out i'm like oh crap uh my zoom uh anyways you said you were looking for for something was more actionable and uh and that's yeah yeah that's great I, i think it's something i need to get more on facebook for even though like I troll way too much on Facebook, and I, I try to do it to, to start a conversation, and I also do it to entertain myself, and it's like, man, is this really positive? It's like, well, I, I'm really positive in the podcast. But I think I 100% agree because, you know, we could we could complain. We could say how taxation is, is theft and all that stuff that we all know to be true, but it's like, you know, well, well why don't we talk more about the things that we're actually about and, and mm-hmm. the things that, that actually are going to empower you to – to take control of your life, so you can have more of this piece of the pie. Like, look, yeah, I I know that the state is an oppressive force. The state is going to try to take freedoms away. Not that you want to totally ignore what's going on there, but what what can you really control? And that's that's yourself and the decisions you make exactly. for yourself. Um, yeah. So I you know I, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, I think now for so let's say somebody's listening, they haven't read your book and. They, they, uh, they, they want to know. Okay, what does unjobbing mean? So they're like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not gonna have a business that I can sell and make money, but there's another approach that I can do to to get away from this job. And and it, and it, and it, to me, it does go back to you know, just as simple as from when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad years ago, multiple streams of income, um and and i think when you when you kind of go down this rabbit hole of of self-employment or becoming an entrepreneur you know you got to you got to get your hustle on in a lot of ways that's what i've been discovering like i started uh uber said no way to me because i had a i don't know it, it uber seems their background check seems to be pretty fickle because i know a guy that's two duis and he's driving and i've i had a one that i had reduced and they told me go away but I found like there's this other courier service where I could drive, and some nights I can make a hundred dollars a night, and then other nights it sucks. But you know, I just drive around, listen to books. But it's it's extra income. Like I mean, I'm I'm still mm. I'm still getting my unemployment until you know the business it, until the season's ready, and I can get like crops going. And I can start going to restaurants. Um, but you know, it's it's just kind of like finding different ways to like you know I, I got to figure out a way to. To monetize this podcast more, not that I have a huge audience. I mean, it's it's growing, and I have a, a nice community because via because of the podcast that I've been able to to become a part of, um, and that's great, and that's very rewarding. But you know what I mean? Like, so so where where would where would a person want to start out and start kind of looking at their life and figuring out okay, what what could I do differently?
1: Well, I think the first question that I find helpful is what is the ultimate goal that we're trying to get to? You know, what is it? If you want to change your life and you want to, if things are not the way that you want them to be, what's the goal? And the first thing that people think about is I I want to be rich. You know, I I want to be a millionaire. I want to be rich or something like that. And if you pursue that and think about that in, in more depth, then you think, well, why do I want to be rich? I want to be rich because I want to be free. I mean, that for me was the ultimate thing. It's like money in itself is just a tool. And the end goal is not money, but it's liberation. It's personal liberation. And once you start thinking in those terms, you realize, well, you don't necessarily need nearly as much money as you might think you need. Because if the end goal is to be free, then you might need to be financially independent. That's one way of being free. And and that's what I achieved through entrepreneurship. But then again, if you want to be free, maybe you just don't want to have to work in a job. You know, maybe you just want to be job-free and be able to dictate your own terms of when and how you work and what you do with your life. So I think the, the, the really interesting question is, what is your end goal? What do you want your status to be that will make you happy? And for me, it was always more about being free than about, um, being able to spend a huge amount on on cons- consumption. Um, but I wanted to try and think about different options for achieving that kind of job freedom for, for living without a job, because I think that ultimately is is the thing that makes a lot of people really happy is the idea of not having to work for somebody else, of being in control of their own lives, and having that freedom. And so I wrote this book, Job Free, to really try and outline the different options that you have for achieving that kind of real tangible freedom that you can have in your own life. And the option that I took was through building a startup. That was building a company and building value in the company to a point where I could sell it and then have financial independence so I can now live from the proceeds of the sale of my business. But I knew when I wrote my first book, Becoming an entrepreneur, and I had interesting feedback from people that some people just don't like that idea, that lifestyle. And it is a super stressful lifestyle building a startup. It's incredibly intense, it's uh, high risk, um, and it's, it's super stressful. And I found it really exhilarating and really fun. And I think it's a great experience to have in life to build a startup. But I definitely understand that it's not. The way that some people want to live that some people don't want to take that kind of risk and don't want to have that level of stress and so I started to think about well what are the different options for achieving job freedom that aren't necessarily the same route that I took and you mentioned that I interviewed lots of different people on my podcast and that was really what inspired me was talking to other people who'd achieved freedom in their own ways that were different to mine but they still managed to live without a job And so, for example, another route that I discovered that a lot of people have taken is this idea of extreme saving where you get a good job uh, that pays a decent salary and then you just live really frugally and save 75% of your income uh, every month until you save so much that after about 10 years, you can essentially retire early and just live from the proceeds again. Of, the, of uh, what you 've saved, live frugally, so that 's another route, and then a third route is this idea of a lifestyle business where you this is really the kind of tim Ferris four hour week idea where you build a business that, that doesn 't take a huge amount of time for you to run but gives you the freedom to do what you like and just keeps providing this passive income every month coming in and people who invest in property have that have that concept as well, and then the last um, option is the one that you mentioned which is unjobbing. And this is the idea that, you know, you can find a way to make ends meet by outside a job, by having various side hustles, and maybe being a freelancer, and maybe having multiple sources of income. And in doing so, you don't have a career and you don't have a job. But you have enough money to live in the in style of life that, that makes you feel happy. And most importantly, you have the freedom to do it on your own terms and to live in the way that you want to live. So that's the idea behind the book is to really outline these four different options, extreme saving, unjobbing, Lifestyle businesses and startups, and to provide examples of real people who've taken one of these options, or, or some people who've combined different ones, but to provide real case studies of people who've who've actually done this and and achieved uh, the kind of job freedom that I'm talking about through each of these different routes, so that people who are interested in this can can read these different options and think which one appeals to my personality and my tastes, and which kind of route is something that I feel would be more in line with my own skills because there's definitely pros and cons to each of these routes you know there are upsides and downsides to each and you just have to choose which route you think is best for you and of course you can combine them but there's no right answer it just depends on what your preferences are and we can we can certainly talk about the the pros and cons but that was the general idea that i have which provide these different options uh that people can then use to to think about
0: what suits them no, that's great. I enjoyed all of them. I remember, uh, I always, I always respected the aggressive savers because those dudes, I remember one couple you interviewed, they were living in, in like some building owned by their church for dirt cheap. And they were just like, yeah, we're just saving 75% of our money. And then I think they were investing like, a little bit like into uh, index funds or something like that and doing yes. well. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting, man. I, I think it's, it's, it's cool to see. I, I worked with one guy who saved aggressively and he, and I tried to like get him Harry Brown's books and try to get him to listen to your show. I'm like, look, man, this guy talks about people like you. Cause he just like, he was saving all of his money, but he's like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know what right. to do. Everyone's telling him to buy a house. He knew that was a bad idea. And uh so it, I I I like that quite a bit. I I think that I I've kind of done like a mixture of startup mixed with uh unjobbing personally right mm. now and it's it's like a, I've, I do have some savings. I am trying to save. I mean, I'm trying to kind of just just build my own way personally, but I just know I'm never like I was talking to my dad. He's like, "So what's your next job going to be?" and I'm like, "Dad, I'm I'm not getting a job. Like this is <laughs> I got to I got to do I have to produce like I talk about this on my show. So I have to live the life that I, I talk about. And, uh, and, and so it's, uh it's, it's good, though. I, I enjoyed reading it, man, because it, it was something that, you know, it, it just gave me different ideas. So even if, like, I've, I've kind of pieced, taken principles from all of them, and I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing with it. Um, And it's maybe just because I plan on just having a startup and just having a business and living that business. And then, like dialing myself back and replacing myself in the business. Um, And I think that's still a major plan. But right now it was like, okay, well, you don't have a job. And that kind of came sooner than you thought. So you do have some savings, but let's make sure, you know, you can live off unemployment. So let's make sure, you know, you don't need any extra money until, you know, the season starts. So then it was, you know, let's really get into this frugality. What do I really need? what is this? And then something for me that was, that's been really helpful. And I, and I know you talked about this on uh school sucks podcast is, you know, and, and even we've talked about minimalism too, but I, I went through, I saw that uh minimalism documentary that just came out it was kind of a, like those guys are kind of goofy, but I respect, I respect their message. And, and it was something that was very freeing for me was even though i I'd, I'd done it, I feel like I have to do it. Uh, like, every six months is go back through stuff and get rid of more stuff and it's and it's like i I, i'm like why didn't i get rid of this before and it's like you you don't see all your emotional attachments and then something else too was you know having a clean bedroom like making my bed every day uh and having like this morning routine has been incredibly helpful as well um just to to get ready in the morning because i'm such a I think a lot of people that that are very liberty minded probably were diagnosed with ADD or oppositional defiance disorder, like I was. But it's like you know, if if I don't, I'll just I'll just say, "Well, let's see where this day takes me," which which can be fun, but at the same time, it, it a lot of times it's not very productive. So, um, it, how? Yeah,
1: I I know exactly how you feel, and uh, that's also something that left to my natural inclination i'm definitely of the of the let's just see how this day takes me variety of person that's that's me right yeah and it's 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 a real learned behavior on my part to actually have a morning routine and think about okay what are the three most important things that i want to get done today and to also do a weekly review and think about what are the things that i want to get done in the week ahead because i love interesting new opportunities and things coming up but it's also you know if you do follow that let's see where the day takes me idea then you can often find that the day doesn't take you anywhere in particular related to your goals in life and if you let too many days like that go by then you don't get any you don't get to 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 live the life that you really want to live so i have to really uh i had to really teach myself and i have to use discipline to to actually keep myself on those kind of routines in order to make sure that I am moving towards being the kind of person that I want to be because otherwise the temptation to just generally not not do very much at all is very great for me
0: yeah and so what are you so I I think you know for somebody who who's let's say you know we're diving into this book um and you do talk about this in the book too forming good habits and and you talk about in your first book too but just kind of for the listeners, um, you know, how much do you attribute your learned behavior just to, to kind of just focusing on forming good habits? I mean, I mean, I think it's a pretty – I mean, I, I feel like I just asked you a pretty obviously answered question there. But, you know, like a lot of people don't think that making their bed every day is going to make a difference. And it's it's really weird when you make your bed and then like I've been – Like what I'll do is I'll make my bed and then I'll do headspace and like meditate and then I'll write in my, I start doing that five minute gratitude journal just to try to start Mm. writing. Um, And then it's, and then I'll make like a list in uh, a wonder list of, okay, this is what I want to get done today. And in my journal every day, it's like, what would make today? Great. It's like getting that list done. And I try to, I try to schedule things in my day for, okay, at this time I'm going to do this. I think that's what I'd, I'd. I'd be better at in the long run is when I have blocks of time scheduled for different things, but like my inner rebel seems to just always want to fight that. Um, so it's just, you know, I just try to get stuff done. Um, you know, and, and it's like, it's amazing how much more productive I I've become or, or just naturally like, you know, even down here, like I'm, I'm my dad's working down here and he works like six, 10 hour days a week. So, I maybe just came down here like I only get to hang out. He only gets one day off when I'm down here. But it's like, you know, he's my dad. He's older. He probably he doesn't have time to get a lot of stuff done. So I'm taking on his trash. I'm doing grocery shopping for him. I'm doing his dishes, just stuff like that, just to help him because he's my dad and I love him. And it's like, you know, and it but it's just like if I just sat here, I'd just be miserable, even though I'm in Florida. Even if I just went to the beach or something like I, I, I feel good when I get stuff done, like I feel like that. Maybe it's dopamine or something that goes off in your brain. Like, even if it's not, even if I'm not accomplishing things for me, it's just like, you know, I, I feel so much f- more focused and driven in life. With every day, just I feel like I just put all these little deposits in my emotional bank account of accomplishment. Um,
1: yeah, and, I, I I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, and I, I also keep going. I, I was just going to say, I don't know whether you experienced this, but I I definitely have always had. A fear of misliving, a fear of going through years and years not doing what I think I should be doing with my life and, and a fear of waking up one day and thinking, oh, shit, you know, I've, I've, I've wasted my time. I don't want to feel that. And, um, and I think that fear has actually been an important motivator for me to really try and be productive because... I've been through so many different iterations of different productivity habits and tools. And I've spent years and years reading about this stuff. And I, I settled on a kind of version of, of the getting things done approach. But even with that, I've, I've changed things up over the years and, and learned new things. So it's not so much the system that has that has driven my productivity. It's been more I've been driven by the need to feel like I'm doing something useful with my time so that I don't have that regret about missing out on the life that i want to live and that fear has pushed me to really uh try and and find tools that will help me to to achieve that to to live in a way that i get that that feeling that you described like okay good i feel good that i've i've done stuff with this day that is meaningful to me that's not just been uh stuff that other people think i should do or that was the stuff that i was just um the default things that I did because I felt um, too lazy to, to get anything else done, I definitely feel that push to make sure that I'm not wasting time because I don't believe in – I'm not religious. I don't believe in life after death or anything. And and so I, I feel like, okay, well, we're only going to get one shot. We might as well make the most of it. And and really the idea of, of getting to the end of my life and thinking, well, I just really wasted that time, uh, that would be – that that scares me. And that fear is what drives me.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of, you know, the guy that referred me to your podcast, uh, Gino Denning, he said, my goal is just always to be a happy old man. And it's like, it's it's like a simple goal, but then you think about it like, okay, so when I'm an old man, am I going to be happy if all I did was party with my friends or live for the weekend and get drunk and then feel miserable the next day and have to recover? And it's, it's, uh, no, I'm not like, and then it's, you know or or am I gonna be happy if i'm I'm so overweight and I'm not active at all and I'm not you know i'm 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 out of touch with my body in a sense and I just ache all the time no like i got I gotta start taking care of myself I know for me it was when I was in my twenties, I like wrote off a lot of time in my twenties to okay, you know what, I just gotta make sure I get serious when i'm thirty and thankfully i I feel like I have like i'm i'm gonna be thirty two next month but it's it's uh you know, I, I did spend a lot of years in my 20s climbing this corporate ladder at, at Verizon Wireless and, like, being promised opportunities. And, like, when I didn't have a light at the end of the tunnel, like, something more to move forward to, that was the most depressing. Because then all mm. all I focused on was, okay, I'm going to get this promotion because, like, I was given all these responsibilities. But then it became a thing where I, I found myself in, in locations or stores like I'd be working with a good supervisor and it would be great. We'd have this awesome, like we, we'd be top in numbers. We'd have this awesome productivity sales reps that weren't normally performing or performing. And it was just really good positive environment because like it was just, it was a good supervisor. Me, it was just kind of a leader. And then what would happen is instead of me getting promoted, they would promote like a, a shittier rep or it was, would be like a p- political thing. And then, they would put me with that person because they knew I could carry the weight. And then it was just like a very, a quickly unfulfilling thing, which is, you know, unfortunately what I knew before I started working there and then I'd forgotten, like, you know, that's to me, that's what's going to happen to you in corporate America or at a job or when you, when you're not your own boss or when you're not in control of that stuff. I mean, when you, when you give that power away to somebody else, they're not, they're, they don't have your best interests out for you. They have their own best interests out for them. And, um, Mm. and so that was kind of a thing. So then when I, when I, I went through, when I stopped working there and I I took some time off and I, I cashed out my 401k and I was like, shit, I have no business plan. I have no, I don't have anything. I had this money I could live on. And then I started working some shitty jobs, um, just to kind of get by. And I I did enjoy my life. And that's when I started getting into like my podcasts and comedy stuff. And I was like, you know what? I I do need money to, to kind of have money to, to work with to. Because like you said earlier, it's a tool to to try to do different business things. Um, so when I took that job, my attitude from the start was this, you know, Tyler Durden attitude of, yo, I'm here to do my job and I'm going to do it and that's it. And so it was always like this game I'd play like, okay, the dress code is this. So I would be, if it was a pull, if as long as I have a collar, I would wear it. So towards the end, I was wearing like, flannel shirts and i'd tuck them in and just like just because it was funny to me because we were in a call center and people were taking themselves too seriously so and then and then we got and that was actually a funny thing the day before we got laid off i was told you cannot wear a flannel shirt today because there's uh the the execs coming in and then we all got fired so it was like this this funny thing to me because it was like you know this company doesn't care about us why does it matter you know i'm fitting this dress code and then it was like it's like the time where it's funny that I was right, but it, it changed a lot of people's lives and hopefully for the better, but people weren't as prepared as me. And, uh, so I, I guess like to, to get to where, what you were saying is like, I, I feel so much better now. And it was like this time when when I was laid off, it was like, okay, I know what to do versus, you know, the time before when I was in between jobs and I was like, you know what, I'm going to finally start betting on myself and start a podcast But then it was like, okay, I've spent the last four years interviewing people like yourself and reading books and and doing and trying to position myself to be ready for this event to happen because, you know, it's going to it's going to happen for more people. I mean, these companies are going to get bigger and bigger and then they're going to lay more and more people off. And and, and to me, it was like, you know, if the next job I'd even get, like I, I got in the mindset of, you know, don't expect this to last longer than two years because there's a good chance it's not going to. Um and, and I think mm. I think it's just a real a, a reality people need to to accept, which is where I think books like yours are so powerful because then it gets them thinking and it makes them so they could be prepared for the, you know, for when they get laid off. Because I, I just think I, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but it's just the way that th- things are going in the market, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, is when you think about it. I was only ever trained in school to to seek out a job and try and keep a job. I mean, that's what my teachers taught me to do, was look for jobs and think of myself as an employee. I mean, that's what we all get taught, because the people who teach in schools are always employees. They're never entrepreneurs, and they're always people who've been employees their whole lives, and they don't have any other concept of how you survive in the world out there. I mean, of course, they know that entrepreneurs exist, but nobody gets taught to even think about that as an option in school. And so it's not surprising that people kind of get stuck thinking, well, I need to get a good job, and then I need to switch from this job to the next job. And they get into that employee mindset, and it's quite hard to break out of. I was lucky that I had a kind of mentor who was a very successful entrepreneur and I got to see him and see what he was doing. And he really opened my eyes to the idea that, you know what, I could just actually have my own business and I could build my own thing. And that was a really inspirational influence on me. But a lot of people don't have um, a figure like that in their lives. And so they just think of, of being an employee as the sort of default life plan.
0: Yeah. And and it's, it's just not like, it's like, I, I, I just look at, um, I, I just, it, it's man. And I don't want to sound depressing to people, but it's, it's just not a, I mean, sometimes you can make it work, but I think like, it's harder to retire for sure. Unless you're doing an aggressive savings. Um, like what you're talking about, but most people, they get kids and they're not, I mean, I think even, well, congratulations by the way, cause you're a new father. Uh, correct yeah thanks yeah but i mean even, thank you yeah yeah so even for you and hannah who own your own stuff i mean bringing it how much did like bringing a kid into the picture just kind of change everything um did it, did it change everything i mean i i know you're pretty together so i'm kind of interested to hear this um well
1: i have to say i mean one of the things that i've really that has, has been great for me is because i focused so intensively on work and until the point where I sold my business and now I have that freedom I'm very lucky that I mean I left it quite late to have kids um, but I'm very lucky that I left it to a point where I am now able to have the bandwidth to be there and be around as a dad and spend quality time with my daughter and actually be involved in the process and it is exhausting. I mean, I'm loving it. This is a really (laughs) amazing experience and it does change everything, but I understand why if you're in the middle of working a job and then you have kids, you don't have a lot of bandwidth left to be thinking about your side hustles and your businesses and everything else. So it's, it's really difficult. I mean, that's one thing that I think uh, in, in some ways, if you can swing it, that you can spend some time in your twenties just working your ass off and being like super focused um then if it pays off, then that can be good because then you can actually have time to be a parent and be involved in in you know your kids' lives and be there as a parent and that, and that's something that I really value and I think is really important uh, for kids too so yeah i mean it, it's it's tricky uh timing of when you're going to have a family um, for many of these different options is is very difficult, especially if you want to do something like build a startup. I mean, I spent many years basically working seven days a week. I re- I didn't really even have weekends, and, I, and my personal life certainly
0: suffered for it. Yeah, you were living somewhere I was like, in London. Yeah, but I remember you saying you were in like such a. I think you said you're in like a really small flat, and your you budget. Yeah, your, I, I your was, budget for yourself is incredibly low. Yeah, I was I was basically in a studio
1: flat. In central London, I didn't own a car, didn't didn't uh, you know, didn't buy a, a house or anything. I just worked, and I just worked really, really intensively on building this business. And in a way, I mean, that actually worked out quite well as a lifestyle because there wasn't much point in living in a bigger place because I was hardly ever at home. I was just working. I came home and went to sleep, and um, so I, I just focused very much on building the business, and then later. Uh, once I got to sell the business, then I uh, obviously changed my lifestyle a lot. We moved out of London um, and moved first down to the coast in England. And then we've been traveling and, and we're back in England for the moment, but then we're going to go off traveling again. So definitely um, that was a, a kind of lifestyle that was super intense and and it definitely took a toll on my personal life as well. I mean, I was so work focused. I think the the, the that's one of the downsides to the startup route. Is that it is all-consuming. It just it takes over your life. I was thinking about business problems all the time, and it really does uh, just consume your whole life. On the other hand, for example, there are people who are extreme savers who have kids while they're saving, and they manage to make that work because they just live super frugally, and they they just that's kind of they they find an approach um in extreme saving that that kind of works for them so you can do it that way that's not the route that i took but i have interviewed people who were um extreme savers and who did manage to get to financial independence despite having built a family and had a couple of kids and so forth and they just did it through this extremely frugal lifestyle
0: yeah and it's um and i've heard a couple like either and you'll see that too like the uh i think there was a guy his wife would still, still worked, but he, he didn't have to anymore. And like, I think he said he would moon. Like, I think he was like an engineer, that blogger. I forget what his name was.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. He writes a blog called Roots of Good and
0: his name's Justin. Yeah. And he's a good example.
1: He had a couple of, they had a couple of kids. His wife has now retired. So they are both um, early retirees, but they have a couple of kids. But the the, the way that it tends to work, if you're going to do that is, you need to be something like an engineer something with someone with a skill set that's quite valuable that you can get a decent job in a field where you're probably going to have job security because you're a specialist and you know you you're kind of needed um in some very niche specialist way or something like that if you can do that and if you're earning a good income and then you know you you are very careful about how you live i mean for example he also lives i don't remember exactly where he lives but He lives like out of town somewhere in in somewhere where the housing costs are pretty low and so all of that time he was working but he wasn't paying rent in i don't know san francisco or somewhere like that right he he was he was able to keep his living costs super low and that's only possible if your job and can be in a place where that that works and all that kind of stuff so you have to find a way to make that work it's not necessarily just going to fall into your lap you've got to plan for it but it is possible to to pursue that kind of lifestyle and build a family earlier in my way you know i i just sort of did all of one thing and then all of the next thing so i i focused super massively intensively on work and now i'm really focusing intensively on on family you know i'm, I'm spending time quality time with my daughter every day. And I'm able to be there for her and, and spend quality time together with my wife as well. And just really enjoy this time.
0: Yeah. And has it changed your guys is uh, the way you guys travel at all? I mean, do you guys still travel quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed.
1: I mean, it's, it's changed everything, really. But <laughs> the first, the, the first most, the most intense change was that we, we sold everything. We left England. We went to Panama. We liked it so much in Panama that we decided this is great. We're going to stick around here for a while. There's lots of interesting stuff going on. I got involved in mentoring uh, young entrepreneurs in a really interesting program there. And we were basically kind of settling down in Panama and we figured it'd be a great place to start a family. And then the Zika virus came along and um, my wife had just got pregnant and The information about the risks of Zika to um, pregnant women women and to the fetus were just coming out, and it really didn't didn't look good. And um, we just decided, well, you know what? Given that we're minimalists, given that we have this flexibility, that we can go wherever we like, it's not worth it. Let's just go – let's just leave. And the only place that we could have gone um, in the Americas that wasn't affected – would have been Canada. And we weren't sure whether or not we would be able to stay there for the length of time and the visas and all this kind of stuff. So we just thought, okay, well, let's just go back to the UK because it'll be simple enough to do that. So that's why we came back. Ultimately, uh, we have kind of had to have a pause in our travel lifestyle because of that unexpected thing turning up. And that was all to do with thinking, well, we're not making just decisions for ourselves now. We have to make a decision in her best interest too. And if I was in my daughter's position, would I prefer to have dual nationality and the risk of Zika? Or would I say, you know what, I don't care about the dual nationality, I'd rather just be born healthy. I think I would choose the healthy. So we just decided, all right, well, let's go back to, to England. And so my daughter was born here in the UK. But when we're, we're planning to, uh, to go traveling again, and I mean, in a way, this is going to be a great period, up until she's, say, five or six, it's actually going to be a really good time to travel because we need to think later on what we're going to do about or do we want to unschool or homeschool or will she want to be in, in a school of some kind? I mean, her opinion about it is going to be one factor in that, and we don't know yet, but that's not necessarily going to be as easy to travel later on. So for the next four or five years is a really good time to travel, and we're certainly planning to do more of that in the, in the springtime, when she's about nine months old um, we'll, uh, we'll start thinking about heading off again.
0: That's pretty awesome, man. That's, uh, that's really it. And I think too, what, what kind of speaks to the freedom in your lifestyle is, is, you know, most people I know that got pregnant, uh, in the United States, I mean, you're like, well, our chances are low, but for you, it's like, well, there's still a chance. We're going back to the UK. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like not many people have that kind of freedom in their life that they could just say, well, shit's bad here. So let's go we don't have we don't have anything yeah. here so let's get out of here um all we need is our, yeah each other. that was
1: it you know in in a way we 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 just thought well what's the point of having the freedom if you're not actually going to use it you know we yeah. might as well
0: go because
1: uh we can and so yeah yeah we did and i mean you know we may find later on that that um the uh it's you know the risk is is low or whatever but as it happens panama has been quite badly affected there have been some cases there and and so, um, you know, I think it was, it was the right move at the time.
0: I think so too, man. I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's good. I know the last time I talked to you, you were Airbnb in your place. Um, and I think you said you were in Brighton at the time and you were like, yeah, it's making money, but it's just too much of a hassle. So I'm just going to sell it. And, yeah. it. and it was like, man, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I was going to say something else, man, but that, uh, that kind of just threw me off. And I, I know one thing too. Um, and speaking of and and I did want you to kind of share that story, but getting back to what we were talking about before, um, one thing too, when you were saying, you know, people that come home from work and then they're just beat and then they have to, you know, they're already tapped out with bandwidth. And another thing that I, I noticed, the first thing when I, when I wasn't working is how much easier it was to think, like how much easier it was to think about where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do where I wanted to go because I wasn't giving my 55 best hours of the week to somebody else. And, mm. and I think it's like, uh, that's a powerful thing because when I when I have time to reflect on my day every day versus just always feeling like I'm in a rush, it's so much easier to, to get things accomplished and to get things done and to think things through like, Oh, well, Zika is dangerous. Does this really make sense for us? No. Well, let's exercise our freedom. And I think a lot of people, if let's say you had a full-time job in Panama and you were just trying to make that lifestyle work, it would feel, it would be a lot more difficult because you you don't have the the freedom to, you you just don't, it's, 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 you just don't have the the time to, to dedicate to yourself, if that makes sense. It makes total sense to me.
1: And that's one of the things that when I look at some options, life choices, like, for example, extreme saving, we we talked about that route, right? That route involves being an employee for at least 10 years and being super frugal. And one of the downsides to me is exactly what you just mentioned, Drew, which is, yeah, you know, every day you go to work and you're getting paid for it, but you're also, you've got to put your brain and your, your energy and your life into that job, and all of that time that you're spending on that job is time that you're not able to spend on your own plans and your dreams and the things that really matter to you. And even if you're just working you know at the bare minimum level or, or acceptable level, it's still energy and time, and you still have to put your creativity into it and use your imagination. And to a certain degree that that's a scarce resource you know you not you you can't get home at the end of the day and still be as imaginative and energetic and so forth as you were at nine o'clock in the morning so I definitely think that's a downside to to that path that um i I was never interested in in becoming an extreme saver i mean, I didn't really know about it in in the days when I was first learning about. Startups and entrepreneurship, but I don't think it would have appealed to me for that reason. I just don't like working for other people, and I just don't like the whole uh, drain of energy of of uh, that comes from having to think about stuff in a job. And so I can totally understand what you're saying about when you're out of the job, suddenly you've got a lot more headspace to actually start thinking about your own stuff. And that's true as well. If you become an entrepreneur and if you're starting your own business, it's exhausting, but at least you're putting your creative energy into something that belongs to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's something you can sell. You can't sell your job. You can't sell, like you can't die and pass your job on to your kids and nor would you probably (laughs) really want to. And I think, uh, man, something else, well, even this is interesting too. I remember in your book, you were talking about when you did sell your company, you had signed on like part of the, the sales agreement was that you would stay on um to help the transition and then you kind of became an employee yeah. and i think and i remember you talking about how much you hated it like it was just such a drag like to because it wasn't your company anymore and then it's like well what yeah. what the hell am i doing here this isn't for me anymore and like just like that switch that changed in your brain but it was like something necessary and didn't you have to do that like did you have to do that for two years or one year three years three years yeah three years
1: <laughs> yeah that was it was a long time it's really tough i think that's the one of the big downsides of the startup approach i mean my, 3 years is a long time uh, a lot of people um do spend less time <coughs> excuse me because if you're selling a business that is very much focused on um let's say uh ownership of some kind of uh technology or something like that then you may not need to be there for that long but because my business was also a service business we were providing consultancy with a lot of people skills involved. So I needed to stay on for, for three years. And it's really difficult because in any situation like that, there are new owners with their own ideas and their own priorities and their priorities are not the same as yours when you were an owner. So it's really tough because you see people making decisions about your business that you would never have made. And from my perspective, those decisions were not the right ones. You know, obviously I would have made different decisions and it was painful to watch people, what I considered to be destroy value in in things that I'd built. Now, obviously this is my perspective and they had different priorities and different agendas. And so what they were doing had a certain logic from their perspective. But yeah, it's really tough. It's really difficult to see um, somebody take the thing that you've spent so long uh, building and, and creating a company culture and a way of doing things, and see that changed. And uh, and it was a long, it was a long three years. That three years.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that was the most exhausting process. Which is probably like when you, I think you said when you got out, you were just like, I need to do something creative. So you did like, didn't you say you did like sketch comedy, and you started really learning yeah, how to play yeah, music right. and everything. Probably as rehab. Yeah, the
1: first. Yeah, exactly. The first year was just I, I just wanted to do as much kind of creative improv type stuff. So I did some some uh, improv comedy. I joined a, like a comedy group and did some improv gigs. And then I, I joined a, a jazz school and learned how to play jazz guitar. I, I knew how to play guitar, but I hadn't played for years. And I'd learned rock. So I basically learned a new style of music and then joined this jazz band and we would play every weekend for a summer and just did stuff to kind of do something completely different, nothing to do with – Uh, computer simulation and consulting and reports and all those kind of things i just wanted to to give my brain a a total
0: break from all of that and uh and do something very very different that's pretty cool man i think uh you still you still like uh play jazz guitar was it just kind of like a phase that you you just no you know I, I, um, Did you sell when your I guitar? started playing again, Okay. I sold the guitar. Oh man, it was painful. <laughs> that
1: was one of the, that was one of the really most painful things to do was to sell the guitar, but I couldn't keep it because there's no way I could take, I had a Fender Stratocaster, a 1972 Fender Stratocaster. I couldn't carry that around South America. So, um, you know, I, I basically had to sell it and, uh, yeah, that was tough. But, um, but I had also that, guitar in many ways was kind of a very interesting um embodiment of a lot of the challenges that I had with minimalism because I got that guitar when I was a teenager and I played in a band, had a great time, then I went to university and I got interested in other stuff. I didn't have friends to play with at university, so I stopped playing, but I kept the guitar and I really I always liked the idea of playing but I never really played in my 20s. It was just sitting there in the corner of my room. Wherever I moved to, there was this guitar there. And yet yeah, I would you know, pick it up every now and again and tinker with it, but I never really played. And in a way, it was just kind of like a piece of furniture that sat there with this r- reminding me that I wasn't playing it, you know? And finally, when I sold my business, I went back to playing and I played really intensively for a year and it felt good to actually get back into playing again. Um, but once I'd done that, we then had these other things, these other plans, like, okay, we wanted to travel, we wanted to go abroad. So then I had this question well, what am I going to do? I'm going to put this guitar in storage and then someday get it out of storage again. And I just figured, you know what? No, this is now it's time to finally let go of this fucking guitar. So <laughs> I sold it. And uh, and uh, it's now um, the guy who bought it is a, a
0: musician who's um, touring with it. And so he, That's cool. uh,
1: at least it's, it's getting good use. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, so, and, and I just, I think too, for the listeners, um, what, uh, oh, this is an interesting question. So what all do you own personally? Like, can you carry it all on you? And then also what about, like, how do you do minimalism with children? Cause that's kind of an interesting thing. Cause I think more is most of your stuff, your, your kid's stuff now at this point, or is it, uh, because I, I imagine it, it. Because I know at one point, like you got rid of all your books and everything, and moved everything to digital. Um, mm. And but I imagine with kids, like you got to have a crib, you have to have this stuff, or maybe you don't. Like so, because I think there's a lot of people that want to go minimalist. And they're like, well, I got kids, so how do I how do I do this? And uh, so I'm I'm sure you could shed some insight on that, Jake.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, in answer to your first question, yes, I can carry everything in one uh, suitcase. In hold luggage and one carry-on bag, so my stuff is basically clothes and a laptop and, uh, and an iPad and a few other bits and bobs like the microphone that I'm talking into. But essentially, it's mainly just clothes, um, and everything else is is pretty much digital. That's my stuff. Uh, my wife's the same; she's she can carry everything on in one suitcase and and uh, one carry-on. And then for our daughter. I mean, this is a, a new. We're only six months in, right? So this is d- definitely going to be an interesting one. But already, we're finding that a lot of stuff we just haven't bothered getting because it just it just seems like way more hassle than it's worth. So, for example, we don't have a pram, right? We carry my daughter on in 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 uh, uh, body carrying things like like um uh like carriers basically you 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 kind of um it's it looks a little bit like a rucksack but you have the baby on on the front um and she just sits there and and we just carry her around like uh, in one of those a baby carrier and it works really well because um first of all she sleeps much better um being close to body contact and um you know it just means that we don't have to keep uh taking this pram out and pulling it upstairs and taking it out again and doing all that kind of stuff so that's there are some kinds of things that a lot of people get that we just haven't bothered with. Um, but it will be interesting to see. I mean, certainly, for example, with toys, I think you can go crazy buying loads and loads of toys when actually most of the things that interest my daughter are, are not things that we necessarily need to buy. I mean, she's just started eating food. So food is a big fun thing at the moment. You know, We're having a lot of fun with her trying new, new foods. Um, but um, she has some toys she 's got a, a couple of toys, but once you have a couple of little little toys you don 't really need to multiply that by twenty and have twenty of these things you know so we 'll have to see how it goes I mean certainly uh, her needs are going to be taken into account, and it may well be that minimalism does not suit what my daughter needs and if that 's the case we 're going to stop being minimalist and we 'll have to check it out but I'm working from the presumption that we can probably make this work with my daughter having a suitcase and us traveling, uh, you know, with just with in the same kind of way with her having the same amount of stuff in storage uh, in, in the luggage that we do. Um, and I think the the thing that makes it easier for us is that we're not doing a travel lifestyle where we're moving on every week. You know, we're, we're tending to live in one place for a year And then think about where we're going to go next. So if that means in the meantime that we need to buy something and use it for a year and then sell it again or or whatever, we can totally do that too, you know. So, for example, let's say that we move um, abroad. I mean, we're looking at various places that we're thinking about uh, to move to next. Let's say that we do decide, okay, practically, we really need a pram now. She's got to have a pram. We'll just buy one. We'll use it for a year. And then we'll either sell it or give it away or, or whatever. It's not gonna. We're not gonna be buying anything that's so super expensive that it'll be a, a major, you know, uh, money problem to do that. Um, so we'll we'll play it by ear. But that's the plan.
0: That's awesome, and yeah, and thankfully because minimalism is such a, it's it's like picking up. There's all these people that are creating apps, so minimalists can sell their shit easier. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, and it's so it's it's not. I mean, the longer you wait, the more the more. Uh, places you can try to sell it. I mean that's that's the whole thing. I mean, even if if you bought something now and a year later, there's gonna be probably five more different places you could try to sell something. I mean, I know Facebook. Facebook you can they have some great sales stuff on Facebook. You can get some good deals if mm. you need something simple and it's uh not, it's it's funny when when uh you make it easier for people to just work with each other and cut out middlemen, how much I don't know. Uh, people there's people are pretty happy um when you when you do that um Mm. well awesome man well we're just about at an hour man and uh i know you're probably pretty busy um so anything else you want to add before uh before we go no
1: it's been really fun chatting about it just to say if people are interested they can find the book for um job free four ways to quit the rat race and achieve financial freedom on your terms They can find it on amazon under my name jake desilis and, uh, you can also get links to it on, uh, my website, thevoluntarylife.com. If you just click on the tab marked books, then you can find it there.
0: Did you record an audio book for that as well? Like you did, uh, becoming an entrepreneur or is that on the, I did. Okay. I awesome. did. Yeah. You can get that through Amazon and audible as well. Awesome. Well, that's great. And, uh, I'll have links in the show notes and, uh, everybody that's listening. I highly recommend you listen to, uh, Jake's podcast. Jake has a lot of just a lot of good tips and it's it's really Jake's just sharing stuff that he's doing that helps him and you can and uh his interviews are the same way. They're they're great interviews just with either people that live in an R V or people that found their way out of the rat race. Um lots of lots of cool stuff, man. I always I really enjoy Jake's show when I do listen to it. So definitely give that a listen. There'll be a link for that in the show notes as well. Jake, thanks so much for uh, for coming on, man. Uh, it's it's nice to talk to you. I think before this, we were just communicating mainly through Fitbit challenges. So uh, yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> we, we've got to get back to that. We
0: do. Yeah, I just got back into walking again. I actually had this hip injury, and uh, I've been rehabbing it. But finally, I'm getting back to my ten thousand steps a day to because I gotta and I gotta lose weight. Like it's like it's now that I have this time, it's like man, I don't have an excuse to not take care of myself. So. Um, not that I really did when I was working, but it's easier to make excuses then. So yeah, I'm back to it. So I'll, uh, I'll Monday, man, the challenge is coming your way, Jake. All right. It's <laughs> on Drew. It's on. Okay. Well, everyone, thanks again for listening and looking forward to bringing you another episode.